following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 794 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by your other host, the lovely, talented, scholarly Brittany Page. Did you get your Robert Pattinson is the best Batman tattoo completed? Or uh, did you I, I not? did not. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. I decided against it once I actually watched the fucking movie. Or... A portion of the the thirty six hour Batman extravaganza. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You have strong feelings about it. I, I don't have strong feelings. My strong feeling would be confusion because everyone, it's like unanimously loved. Mm-hmm. I, I've even read tweets from people we know mm-hmm. who are saying he's the best Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he's their favorite Batman. Yeah, as though. As though George Clooney is right there. No, I mean, as though Christian Bale like didn't <laughs> exist, like that never happened. The Dark Knight. Yeah, I thought George Clooney was your favorite one. Was he bat? Oh, he was Batman. No, apparently he was not my favorite. Yeah, in like the Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, the cartoon version of of uh, when they made the movie super cartoony and goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no, not a. Uh, don't get it. I, I really, I don't. I. I it, 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 I'm very perplexed by it. Like he, he really looks more like the lead singer of some emo, like the 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 version of emo kids that's on South Park. Mm-hmm. Is it was live action for Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. and I like him. I think he's great. Yeah, but it's this could have been like the final movie of the Twilight series, as far as I'm concerned. Well, it definitely was no Severance, which we watched, which is on Apple TV. Fantastic. Which is a just wonderful Brilliant show. and original, you told me. Like, it's not adapted from a book or something. It's an original thought out of the guy's head. I believe that is the case. Yeah. Now, I'm worried. Anytime I say something to you off pod, uh, wow. I get worried. I, like, need to make sure I'm only telling you factual things because I love to lie to you all the time. <laughs> and so now I'm having to, like, uh, I need to make sure what I tell you is factual because you may repeat it on the show. Yeah, I may repeat it to neighbors or something. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> well, don't. No, I'm like, oh, matter. by the way, here's a little yeah. interesting <laughs> fact for you. And they're like, yeah, our neighbor's a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we we liked Severance, and then we're also watching um, Abbott Elementary, which is also very good. For sure good. And it's kind of done in the style of The Office, and it's very emotional. There's times where we've cried watching it. It's very funny. It's just a very cute, uplifting show. Yeah, well, it's also like you wouldn't think, who gives a fuck about a show about an elementary school teachers, but it's... It's good. It, it, is. it for sure is good. And yeah. then also Better Things, which is on Hulu. Yes. This episode brought to you brought to you by your your streaming service. Yeah. Uh which is also pretty good. Pamela Adlon. It, 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 don't don't allow the fact that Louis CK is the co-creator 
mm-hmm. to to dissuade you from watching it because he's only involved until he caught, got caught forcing women to watch him jerk off, and then he fucking got the the axe. He has nothing to do with the show anymore. Allegedly, he admitted it. What do you mean? Oh, okay, allegedly. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, you're right. I'm Did just, you read his apology thing? Well, I forget. Or as it. as John Mulaney would say, where he mentioned multiple times that the women admired him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the way to do an apology. Not the way to do an apology. But yeah, Better Things is also good. I think it's the final episode is going to be airing tomorrow. And Ozark's coming back too. Yes, Ozark is coming back. Some good TV recently. This is actually, we should put this to the audience. I would love some recommendations on... Good shows. Well, not not fucking <laughs> the Batman. Yeah, not shit like that. Not <laughs> not shit that 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 is your. Well, listen. I'll put it this way: if you think Up Shits Creek or Shits Creek is a a quality show, I don't want your recommendations. Oh, because that show is a piece of shit. Well, we've tried. We've three fucking times. We tried to get into that thing. So that's aggressive, and that's a lot of people that you're shitting on right now. Because a lot of people did. A lot of people write the show just because you like something, and I shit on it doesn't mean it's an attack on you. It's just I don't like that show. I mean, it's a direct attack on everyone who oh, likes right. that show because yeah, yeah. you're telling them that you don't want their recommendation if they like that show because no, just, they don't have we, good taste. <laughs> no, it's your taste doesn't jibe with mine. Okay, that's better. What do you mean it's better? It's what it means. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it is. It's better than what I was saying. That's definitely better. <laughs> An improvement. Not as hateful, more reasonable. Not hateful at all. I'm just telling them that they are stupid and all of the shows <laughs> that they like are also stupid. Yeah. How's that hateful? <laughs> I mean, listen, you can always just rewatch Sling Blade every day and that will entertain you. Or Deadwood. Yeah, and that will entertain you enough. That will be good enough for you. Speaking of entertainment, mm-hmm. we got a voicemail, very, very brief voicemail that kind of made me feel good. This last week was a rough one, mm-hmm. and this was a good voicemail that made me feel a little warm. And it's seriously like eight seconds long. 17. Yeah, it's Uncle Blasto, and it's time to switch things up. Sweetie is definitely the best part. I love you guys. I love what you do. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice from Uncle Blasto. Being, because um, I felt like it was sincere. It wasn't just like um, serving up uh, an empty gesture or, or just uh, like, how are you doing when, when you don't care how someone's doing? It's just small talk. That's what I mean. Small talk. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, he really, I felt like he meant that he really appreciates what we do. Well, and it's it's uh, preemptive, I would say, to say that Sweepy is the best part because, frankly, she's not pulling her weight around here yet, and we don't really know what she's capable of. We don't really know her political affiliations at this point. That's right. She hasn't right. really mm, shown her true colors. We're still kind of waiting to see how this goes. I mean, f- for all we know, she could be planning the next Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. <laughs> uh, we don't know. I mean, it's very possible. It's Indeed very possible. premature. Yeah. But thanks for the for the sentiment, Yeah, Uncle Blasto. We appreciate, we appreciate the it. suggestion. So now let, let's get to a couple of voicemails that uh, that actually deal with some of the topics we've been we've been addressing on the show. For quite a while now, too long, if you ask me, because uh, it, it's necessary to talk about these things. We've been talking about Florida and Texas and Idaho and now Oklahoma and Tennessee and all of these states that are regressing, bringing us back relative to both abortion rights, but also 
the CRT panic that's happening, the, the, the critical race theory panic that it's being taught in our elementary schools when it, it's not. It's not. It's just not. Yeah, but again, it, it's not CRT anymore. They just don't want race being taught. They don't want right. gender being discussed. They right. don't want certain topics being discussed. And last time on the show, we played a clip from Ron DeSantis where he was talking not, not only about the the textbooks that are being banned in Florida, um, talking about critical race theory, but also he mentioned social-emotional learning, which we played a clip describing what that is. And all of that to say we have a voicemail about that. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. I wanted to, this is Kyle from New York City. I wanted to call in and comment on SEL. Uh, I have a, a son in second grade. He's been doing SEL uh, since kindergarten. I mean, they, I, they probably didn't do it in preschool because they weren't writing anything. Um, but it seems like it's been a part of his curriculum since he's been in school. Um, and the thing with SEL that I you know, watch as they do their, you know, daily SEL is things like they'll make T-shirts about themselves, what they like about themselves. They'll write in a notebook, how are you feeling? Um, what what happened over the weekend that was that was good? What happened over the weekend that was not good? These types of things where, where not only are they kind of expressing, this is probably super loud because I'm driving on this ripped up <laughs> road. I'll check the voice memo after. I may need to re-record. Anyway, so they start to kind of dig through their feelings a bit and explain and write and discuss, if they do that, how they're feeling. Now, as a teacher, I've had some education in education, but I am not a teacher. Um, being able to look and see what the students are feeling more so than just like, oh, you have 20-something kids in your class and you're trying to get through certain activities day to day, and maybe one of them seems to be having a hard time, but you're there's 20 other kids and you're just kind of going through the day to be able to see what they write day to day on how they're yeah, feeling right. of like, you know, today, you know, Billy is sad tomorrow. Billy's upset. The next day, Billy's frustrated. The next day, Billy's sad again. Like pretty sure that gives them a really good opportunity to, you know, dig in a bit more, talk to the student, talk to the student's parents, try to understand and unravel what's going on at home. They could it could be a grandparent passing away or something really sad happened, and it's just affecting them in a certain way. But it also could be a much more major issue that's going on at home that, as a teacher, I think you would want to know and be able to help and assist however you can. So I don't see anything but, but positives. I think being able to, like, have my son talk through his feelings and understand, like, especially as a grade school kid, like they have big feelings about things. Usually as a, as a grown up, you're like, that's dumb. You shouldn't care about that, but they're a kid and that's their whole world to them, whatever is upsetting them. So, um, I think it's nothing but helpful. It's amazing that this is like, even like becoming political. Um, but anymore, I'm not sure I can be amazed by what becomes political. Um, thanks a lot. Your show's awesome. Uh, have a good one. I think it perfectly maps on, to what we have been describing as far as our confusion about why this is a political issue, because it only seems like there's net positive with social emotional learning and helping children to develop capabilities of discussing and processing their emotions about different things and having the tools to cope with that, having the language to discuss it. And it, it seems like it's only beneficial. 
It is. It, well, I mean, it, it, it's not surprising at all that conservatives wouldn't want this taught. I mean, they are repressed and they don't want ugh, they don't want people dealing with their feelings, talking about their feelings. It's Trump 2024. Fuck your feelings. I mean, that's feelings is, is, is it's beyond the grasp of them emotionally or something, because it's why would you want children to not grow up healthy and able to navigate emotional issues, I just, it's weird. And again, if this was just your, your typical culture war bullshit just to try to, to gen up fundraising for a political campaign or something, it would be one thing. But they're actually altering curriculums around the country to eliminate things that are helpful for fucking kids. Yeah, so thank you, Kyle, for calling in with that specific example. Also, it wasn't too loud. Wasn't too loud. Perfectly worked. I yeah. guess that's why you sent in the voice memo because you checked it, like you said, and it was fine. <laughs> so we agree. Uh, we got an email on social emotional learning from a listener who didn't use their name in the body of the email. And so our policy on the show. We have a policy. Is that we do not say the name. However, this person wrote Jacksonville at the end of their email. All so, right. We'll call him Jacksonville. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. I've attached a few examples of SEL from a math book that was recently removed from the approved list. Our county has already developed our summer trainings around these new books, so we are in a wait and see mode until they are placed back on the approved list. Ron DeSantis might be picking battles he can't win, though. As it stands, he only won the election by roughly 35,000 votes. If teachers are forced to create their own resources at the start of the year because of issues, quote unquote, like SEL, that's 175,000 potential upset voters, not to mention the fight he's taking on with Disney and their roughly 80,000 employees. The Miami Herald reported that if DeSantis signs the recent bill, Orlando area taxpayers could see a $2,200 increase in their annual taxes. Wondering what your thoughts are. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. And then there was a clarification sent. Not on me being the best part. You can play that. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I was waiting. Our county has selected one of the books, uh, one of the books on the banned list. It's a larger publisher, so they will no doubt make the necessary changes. So there's a photo here, three photos of different uh, lesson objectives. And then there is a content objective, a language objective, and then an SEL objective that this listener attached to this email. Three different examples. So this first one, the content objective for the lesson is that students explore ways to show real-world situations and problems with mathematical models. The SEL, the social-emotional learning objective in this case, is that students show appreciation for the different perspectives of their classmates. Oh, how how evil. Well, and... and Empathy, oh my God. What what are we going to do? What is the world coming to? And people might be thinking, okay, wait, different perspectives on math, but... One of the language objectives here is that students explain possible ways to solve a problem using might. So if you're discussing possible ways to solve problems, there are going to be different perspectives that people have about how to solve problems. Yes. So it it seems like it's encouraging that social learning aspect of learning from other people and being able to communicate other possibilities related to solving problems. I mean, we're verging on critical thinking, which clearly is not an objective of of right-leaning individuals. <laughs> yeah. Another another lesson objective uh, when it comes to social-emotional learning attached to, attached to this email is that students recognize when they feel frustration during math class. Mm. Important. Yeah. Uh, that would have been... 
Very important. Well, it would have been important for me because, well, one, I'm very, very bad at math. Mm-hmm. Like Even algebra is a real bummer for me. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Mm-hmm. But it would have been nice growing up knowing that, or even discussing with the class, that other people also struggle. That I'm not on an island by myself, lonely and isolated and feeling shitty right. and just ready to give up. It's like, other people too. You you can get through this. They You know, there are others. Right. And then the final SEL objective attached to this email is students describe their feelings and attitudes toward mathematics. So going along with what you just said, and I, I agree, it would have been beneficial for me as well. I I know people, certain people don't like to hear uh, the phrase, I'm not good at math, because it just signals that you haven't had like the proper education or training and be that as it may i yeah, still like the fact fucking remains i'm not good at math what, right why would someone say that oh i've heard that countless times well they can <laughs> shut the fuck up that's a stupid thing i love how enraged you are right now <laughs> well, it, it, that's a dumb fucking thing if you're bad at math you're fucking bad at math yes and it's something that is anxiety inducing and you know me who and says that been. people who are good at math that is definitely true Yes. And then it's it's typically been followed with an offer to like help me figure my way out (laughs) with math, like an offer to, well, you know, you've just never been taught in in the way that you should be taught. Like, you know, let's, let's help you with that. And I'm like, all right, I'm not. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe another time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Jacksonville, for the email. Thank you, Kyle, for the for the voicemail. We appreciate it very much. Moving on, uh, last last episode, the asshole of today was uh, CBS Sunday Morning. Oddly enough, in a uh, a package that they did that was pretty much just an infomercial for the Mormon Church, and uh, we got a call <laughs> about that. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, uh, this is Paul from Colorado calling. We're uh, leaving a voicemail again. Um, so I was listening to this last latest episode and you guys were talking with the asshole of today with the CBS morning news and the Mormon church. And oh boy, do I have a lot to say as had been growing up in a, in Mormon being black and being semi active. Um, I have so much to say uh, too much for three minutes, but I'll try to be quick and give a quick little rundown of my issues with it. First, it's this church has this, um, they're very prideful and very think, they always think they're better than everyone, very living in the world, not of the world, this, all that bullshit. Um, in 2015, they called all, they said that the children of same-sex couples could not get baptized in the church because, or go through the temple because they said their parents were heretics or apostates, something along those lines. And that they weren't allowed to until they turned 18 and disavowed their parents. This caused a huge stink. And a lot of people quit the church and left the church over this stuff. Um, And then it was about four years later in 2019, they decided to come back and say, oh, it's okay. We changed that thing. It's fine. And that to me was probably the one of the breaking points for me and why I really wanted to step away. Um, another reason that stood out to me was my, um, I was in my, what they call singles ward when I was, you know, uh, before I got married, um, going to state dance. Our Bishop said something along the lines of when talking about, uh, someone who had been sexually assaulted, that that stuff happens. It's, uh, God's, 
uh, a way of testing us like that. And when that said that, I was like, what the fuck was that supposed to mean? That's some bullshit right there. And <laughs> lastly, another thing that stuck out to me that has made me question everything, and I've always brought this up, is they used the mission age for men to go on missions was 19. They changed it to 18, uh, like in 2018, something like that. And the reason they're doing this, as told to me by one of the leaders of my ward, was because young men were going off to college and then leaving the church because they can live outside the world and be normal people. So they lower the age in order to keep the people inside the church. And it's basically just an indoctrination machine. Um, I have I have so much more that I can say, but I, I'm running out of time. <laughs> I have 15 seconds left. Anyways, um, you guys are great. Brittany's the best part. Um, yeah, and I'll fill you in later if you ever want to. All right, bye. <laughs> Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. It is super fascinating to me. Thank you so much for the call, yes, Paul. Absolutely. Uh, it is fascinating to me when I find people black people who are who are either having been Mormons or are currently Mormons. It it blows my fucking mind. Because of all of the white and delightsome talk in the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. I mean it's it's in your face the fucking racism mm-hmm. in the in the Mormons' holy text. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brigham Young was a was he he was saying that the the slavery will never be abolished. It's a it's a it's a God ordained institution. I mean, fucking terrible shit. Well, I talked about the Black Menaces, which is a TikTok account that uh, interviews or questions BYU students on campus. It's a it's a very popular TikTok account that I would recommend. But one of the exercises that they do with students on the BYU campus is they go up to them and they read them a quote and they say, who said this, Adolf Hitler or Brigham yeah. Young? Yeah. And pretty loaded. Uh, and so you kind of already know. And a lot of people figure it out. They're like, well, I'm, I'm going to assume it's Brigham Young based on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why doesn't that jog in them like, oh, yikes? Well, that's the more concerning piece which is you're watching someone in real time grapple with the dedication that they have to their religious faith and understanding that one of the people that this is all based on is uh has said terrible things right the prophet yeah he was a prophet of god so uh, in real time they're having to tell someone who's often a black person yeah uh what they think about that and what that means to them and reconciling it with their current belief system and does anyone do it effectively i guess that's you know subjective but uh, from my perspective no it, it just so many things especially related to the mormon church because you know it's it's a modern church that was created you know, in in relatively modern times, it wasn't the Stone Age. It's like uh, Daniel Tosh's joke, right? That his dad can say that's not true. Yeah, like his grandpa. He's like, oh, no, that's fake. That, yeah. I was alive when that yeah. <laughs> came about. Um, but just listen, if if God is is omnipotent and omniscient and knows everything past and future and everything known and unknown and unseen and unseen, but then God changes God's mind about blacks being in the priesthood like in 1978 
coincidentally, right when social change was starting to happen in the world, well, all of a sudden... I mean, no, pretty I mean, late. Pretty late. Well, I mean... Um, <laughs> that was a little delayed. <laughs> well, for sure it's delayed, but it's yeah. like at the very end of, of the civil rights movement, and then yeah. and it's like, oh, oh, this is the way the world's going to be now? Oh, God changed his mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? That's... No. No. Yeah. The, the The very first time that we had Ryan Bell on the show in studio... We were waiting for him to show up, and the door. Uh, there was a knock at the door, and it was Mormon missionaries, bizarrely enough, and one of them was a black kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I earnestly was asking, like, how do you reconcile this, man? And he, uh, I, I don't, ultimately, I think his answer was, I just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very weird to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Paul, thanks very much, and hey, um, good for you. I don't know whether you're out, out, or you're on the way out, um, but it's tough mm-hmm. leaving your support network, and that's why no, absolutely. churches like this and cults do what they do to isolate you from family, from outsiders, so you don't hear the information, you don't, you don't hear the other perspectives. That's why they make it tough, I'm sure you know that. Well, and I think Mormons have this large community of ex-Mormons now. There's yeah. popular podcasts, I think, from ex-Mormons, and there's there's a community. That, YouTube channels and shit. Yeah, yeah, which I think is beneficial, that it maybe used to be a lot harder to leave the church than it maybe is now because of that large community that people can find through the internet now. I mean, I'm not trying to discount how difficult it is. It is still difficult. People lose their family members. People... Um, have to leave communities that they have built within the church. But I think it is nice to kind of find that community online of people who have been through the same things, have thought, have questioned the same things and ultimately come to the same conclusions. Yeah. Thanks Paul for the call. We, that's fantastic. We, uh, we appreciate it very much. All right, moving on. I doubt it is a listener supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and Good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Eileen C. Eileen C. Barb B. Barb B. And Brandon B. Brandon B. A couple of double Bs. And we would also like to give a shout out to Morgan L. Morgan L. Morgan L. Became an annual Patreon supporter. Fantastic. That is something that you can do now. You can do an annual membership on Patreon so you can get your annual payment out of the way. And we are... Get it out of the way. We are... uh, I can get this over with. I'm a great salesperson. (laughs) And we we are running... Could you make it more appealing? That would be great. We are running a 10% off deal if you become an annual Patreon supporter. Or as Brittany would say, it's only 10% off. (laughs) Are you going to go on a rant about feeling? line aids now too with <laughs> debbie downer over there <laughs> so anyway we are going to be having our patreon calls our end of the month patreon calls on saturday april 30th and remember we do those at 1 p.m eastern time yes that's correct right that is correct 1 p.m eastern time 1 p.m eastern time yes all right 
Anyway, thank you guys. We appreciate you very much. Listen, it is, uh, we're approaching 800 episodes here coming up. And uh, it's very meaningful to us that, that people give not only of their time to listen to the show, but many of you giving of your treasure, so to speak. And uh, it is a beautiful thing that does, is not lost on us. We do not uh, in any way take it for granted. And also your stories, sharing your stories yeah, with us. We, sure. we greatly appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, the community that is built up. Again, we talk about it all the time. The community that is built up around this show is a thing of wonder. We thank you and we appreciate you. All right, moving on. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So there's two stories we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. Um, we we've kind of gotten away from addressing the the salacious, gossipy bullshit that that goes on in the Republican Party and the the controversies, not the gossipy shit, but the controversies surrounding like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and all the, the the political intrigue that's going on. But these two things that are happening right now are very much worth talking about. And one involves Kevin McCarthy, who could be Speaker of the House mm-hmm. after this midterm election, um, getting fucking just busted lying his ass off about things that he told other lawmakers that he was going to tell Donald Trump. Now to Washington, where it appears House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy has been caught in a lie about his response to the January 6th attack. A new book says McCarthy wanted to convince then-President Trump to resign after the assault on the Capitol. McCarthy called that false and wrong. But his own words from a newly released audio recording seem to contradict him. Scott McFarland looks at McCarthy's statements and how they changed over time. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. Days after a violent mob stormed the Capitol on January 6th, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy claimed former President Trump was in part responsible for the deadly riot. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. But possibly fearing fallout from the Trump base, he backed down. Thursday, the New York Times reported the California Republican had in fact privately said he was considering asking for Trump's resignation in the days after the insurrection. This account is adapted from a new book written by New York Times reporters. McCarthy released a statement on Twitter calling the reporting, quote, totally false and wrong. But by Thursday night, audio obtained by the New York Times revealed a very different reality during a January 10th House leadership call, which included Wyoming's Liz Cheney. Are you hearing that he might resign? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thanking to having that conversation with him tonight. McCarthy reportedly went on to discuss the impeachment proceedings. The only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should be done. Ultimately, Kevin McCarthy voted against impeaching Donald Trump. Democrats have responded to this report by calling the Republican leader a fraud. No comment on the recordings from Kevin McCarthy or the former president, but there are reportedly more audio files to come. Michelle? I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it. Scott, thank you. Ooh, ominous. More audio recordings to come. Can we, before we, I want to play the full audio. 
uh, because that was just a couple of seconds of snippet. There's like a minute and 30, minute 38, minute 40 or so mm-hmm. uh, of the of what they've released. And uh, I think it's bad for the country. It's bad for our democracy that these reporters sit on this shit so they can fucking write a book and make a bunch of money. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about the other day while we were watching Sweepy take a dump in the school uh, yard. <laughs> I just want to get, uh, just paint a picture here. You didn't need to. I'm a wordsmith. I like to paint a picture with my words. It wasn't necessary. And you were talking about how Ronan Farrow Mm -hmm. has proven that you don't have to sit on explosive, important information. You can report out the story in real time. As he did with Weinstein. Right. And then you can write a book and make a bunch of money. You can have a podcast that's profitable. And it's You can have a TV show. You don't have to sit on this stuff. And the New York Times reporters... The Washington Post reporters, they, they're they just, this is what they do. Maggie Haberman, Bob Woodward, and Bob Costa. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucking bad news. Well, and it's, it's strange because you'd think that they're using the weight of how serious this is, how egregious it is to, yeah. to sell their book. But if it's so serious and so egregious, then you would think that as a reporter, as a journalist, yes. that it's your duty to get that information out to the public. Right. For the very sake of our democracy, not because, oh, it's just a political story. It's going to be gone tomorrow. Right. It, it, it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, we're going to play that full audio context so that people can hear exactly how this conversation went down with Liz Cheney and Kevin McCarthy. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question. When when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked, if, if, you know, what happens if it gets there after he's gone? Is is there any chance, are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously... Thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My this, this is what I think. Um, no one will pass the house. I think there's a chance he'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. Um, and. I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if he did resign, would it not happen? Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversations about him pardoning anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should resign. Um, I mean, that would be might take, but I don't think he would take it, but I don't know. So today, Elizabeth Warren called Kevin McCarthy a liar and a traitor. Yeah. And what's remarkable about this is that before the release of the tapes, Kevin McCarthy was still maintaining, still denying. Vehemently, forcefully on Twitter. Yes, that he had, that, that he said that Trump should resign after the insurrection. Yeah. Still denying well, it. Here's, listen, here's what this, this demonstrates to me. This is what gets communicated to me is that, uh, he, well, one, he's not a leader. He's not leading the troops in the way that he thinks this should be handled. In, in behind closed doors, 
he's a tough guy who's going, I'm going to confront him. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him I think he should resign. And then in public, I mean, he rushed down to Mar-a-Lago to take pictures with Trump and uh, he's a coward. Mm -hmm. He's afraid of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And he's putting the health, the very, the, the, the very existence of our democracy. Right. In harm's way so he can get his picture taken and not have Trump be mad at him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's cowardice. Yeah. Well, and he was asked, Kevin McCarthy, on January 11th about the existence of this tape and the comments that he made on this tape. And that's that's where the denials started to get very strong. And how do we make sure that never happens again? Do you believe that? Yes, Mr. Leader. In the spirit of disclosing private conversations, did you tell House Republicans on a January 11th phone call that President Trump told you he agreed that he bore some responsibility for January 6th, as Chairman Thompson's letter indicates? I, I'm not sure what call you're talking about. So, the January 6th letter. I'll see an end doing. We're doing that's okay. okay. Yes. You, you battled. You battled. Just a. Just a, a filthy liar. And what I love about that is <laughs> every time we hear Republicans do that, attacking the news network that right. is questioning them, we know what it's really about. We know that they're getting close to something that is making them uncomfortable, that's causing them to lash out. Yeah, yeah. And this is a perfect example of that because there's proof that right then he was lying. But let me be very clear to all of you, and I've been very clear to the president. He bears responsibilities for his words and actions. No ifs, ands, or buts. I asked him personally today, does he hold responsibility for what happened? Does he feel bad about what happened? He told me he does have some responsibility for what happened. Um, and he needs to acknowledge that. Admitting that he, what call, that he just had denied right. in the previous clip. Absolutely. I wonder how, and I don't really care, because fuck this Cheney, she's a fucking monster, but, again, that's a lesson for everybody. Just because she's anti-Trump does not mean she's our friend. Mm-hmm. She's still wildly anti-LGBTQ. She is, she is uh, all about supporting uh, corporate, l- l- as little tax for corporations as possible, and no help for the American people. She's just bad on all, almost every single front, except for this one. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how she feels... Like talk, she had a a conversation with Kevin McCarthy where he's like this and this and this and oh yeah and the impeachment will go through and I think it'll pass the Senate and all of this, and then only days later they turned on her, mm-hmm. they ejected her from leadership in the House conference, mm-hmm. they they turned their back on her for Donald Trump, right? I just it's perplexing. Well, Donald Trump gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal and has maintained that the relationship between himself and Kevin McCarthy is not damaged by this. In fact, he said, quote, I think it's all a big compliment, frankly. They realized they were wrong and supported me. Right, right. They give him an out. They give him an explanation to give. Yeah. It's just, I mean, listen, people say, oh, all politicians lie. This is not about spinning some policy in a certain way. This is literally the an, an existential crisis that we face in our country that come 2022, if the Republicans take back the House and the Senate, it might inexorably change how our country operates in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this also reminds me of the anonymous op-ed. Remember the person who was yes. like working undercover in Donald Trump's administration to like help rein him in or whatever. How many Republicans privately that we know of through reporting express concerns about Donald Trump privately express them. Yeah. Uh, now we have proof that Kevin McCarthy believed that Donald Trump was responsible for the insurrection should resign because of the right. insurrection. These are strong opinions coming from a fellow Republican and yet in public they reject all of that. Right. And that is scary because they have no interest in doing the right thing, what they know to be the right thing, or even taking actions that align with what they believe. Yeah. They don't have interest in that. Yeah, they want they want to model our country after Hungary and Viktor Orban and just have it be a full fledged fascist state. Yeah. It it's does, not hyperbole. It that's does not that's bode what they well. want. It does not bode well for the future. Not at all. So the other thing that happened this week, no, no, well, for, we also want to encourage you to call in. What do you think about all this? Let's have a conversation. 657-464-7609 is our voicemail line, and you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. The other thing that happened this week was Marjorie Taylor Greene faced an administrative court hearing in Georgia uh, related to a lawsuit that is trying to strip her name from the ballot, disqualifying her from running for office because of her involvement in the insurrection. Clause 3 of the 14th Amendment uh, makes it, it disqualifies you if you you take part in an insurrection against the government of the United States. Marjorie Taylor Greene, they made the case. I watched the entire hearing all day long, and we're going to play some clips from it here. But before we do, I just want to remind, I put together this mashup of Marjorie Taylor Greene, the things that she said both leading up to the insurrection and and after. This is our 1776 moment. America reelected Donald J. Trump for four more years. You can't allow it to just transfer power peacefully like Joe Biden wants and allow him to become our president. January 6th was just a riot at the Capitol. And if you think about what our Declaration of Independence says, It says to overthrow tyrants. I am very convicted in what we're going to be doing on January 6th, and it's historic, and I feel it's very, very important. Just finished with our meetings here at the White House this afternoon. We had a great planning session for our January 6th objection. We aren't going to let this election be stolen by Joe Biden and the Democrats. President Trump won by a landslide. Call your House reps. Call your senators from your states. We've got to make sure they're on board and we already have a lot of people engaged. Okay, stay tuned. President Trump was reelected for four more years. Tomorrow is a very important day in America's history. We can't allow our integrity of our elections to be stolen. We must object to this vote. So let's get ready to fight for fight for America tomorrow. On January 6th, if you're able, there are going to be possibly a million or more people coming to Washington to be there for this historic event. It's critical for everyone to show up and show the nation who we are. We aren't a people that's, that are going to go quietly into the night. We are not a people who are going to go quietly into the night. Several times. How many times did you hear her say this election was stolen from Donald Trump by Joe Biden and the Democrats? Mm -hmm. She believes it to be the case that she attempted to object to the certification. She tried to stop it. She took part in the insurrection leading up to at the rally and then the, the subsequent violent 
mob-led insurrection at the Capitol. And this first clip from the from the hearing on Friday really sets the the stage here for what we're dealing with relative to how this thing went down. When she's asked directly about um, not wanting the election to be certified, she just fucking straight up lies. I mean, keep in mind everything you just heard when listening to this clip. I should count. Is it fair to say, Representative Green, that from election night of 2020 until January 6, 2021, your personal opinion and your wish was that Congress not certify Joe Biden as the winner of the 2020 election? Uh, no, that's not accurate. Uh, it is you, you believe- beyond frustrating. Right. I mean, imagine being that lawyer like, what? What? Right. I've gotten several emails. This is just proving that you can come to the same thought, the funny thing, independently of one another, because I've gotten several of these emails from different people that we shouldn't call her Marjorie Taylor Greene anymore. We should call her perjury Taylor Greene (laughs) because the day was just filled with lie after lie after lie. Yeah. Um, And the lawyers did a good job of of, uh, picking out all of these dangerous uh, violent adjacent type of things mm-hmm. uh, and talking about them. Here, here's another instance of that. Um, so it's true, though, that you liked a post that suggested that, quote, a bullet to the head of Nancy Pelosi would be a quicker way to remove her as Speaker of the House than impeachment, right? Now, you're using a CNN article, which has lot CNN has lied about me multiple times, and you're using a CNN article. I'm asking you to evidence. answer my question. Did you like a post that said it's quicker, that a bullet to the head would be a quicker way to remove Nancy Pelosi from the role of Speaker? I've had many people manage my social media account over the years. I have no idea who liked that. Okay. You're, are you testifying under oath it wasn't you? just want to be clear on that. I am testifying. I have no idea who liked that comment. Fair enough. It could have been you. Right? She's I'm telling she's you, I questions. do not know. She's answered questions. Go ahead. Next, next question. Yeah. I mean, this is a member of Congress. Mm-hmm. A member of Congress is liking comments on posts that say there's a quicker way, a bullet to the head of Nancy Pelosi, the current sitting Speaker of the House of Representatives, whether you like it or not, that a bullet to her head would be a better, quicker way to eliminate her from office. Yeah. They went on pointing out her past... um casual relationship with using violent rhetoric surrounding politics. Mm-hmm. And they're really making a case that when it came time for the insurrection, this isn't out of character for her. This congresswoman. 2019, Marjorie Taylor Greene told protesters to flood the Capitol and feel free to use violence. Uh, get on there. I, I object. She, this is 2019. How, how many years back? High school? Uh, do we have to be treated with statements that, like, flood the Capitol? Flood the Capitol. Your Honor, this is a speaking uh, objection. It's not appropriate. Uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, you may, you, if you can figure out how you're going to lay the foundation for this, you might proceed. Okay. Thank you. Do we have to go back to high school for, for things that she said? She was running for Congress at this moment. Mm-hmm. She was a, a grown woman 
running for office, saying things like that. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't want to be in this position, it seems like she should be more careful with what she is posting on social media yes. and saying when being recorded on TV. <laughs> well, she she loves the attention so much that I think it's it, she just can't control herself. She just loves her her. Uh, well, after this clip, I've got a clip from her being on Steve Bannon's show where it's just mm-hmm. buzzword salad. Yeah, and she talks about. Well, I'll set this clip up. These people love to wave their constitutions around, their, their, their pocket constitutions. They love to talk about the Declaration of Independence. They love to talk about tyrants and, and that King George was a tyrant. I mean, it's constant with them. Yeah. But then when she's asked, and this is, this is not of really any, any import because it doesn't get to any, any, any uh, substance. But for me, it's substantive because it's, it's these people who act like they're experts in, about the founding of our country and the history surrounding that period. She's asked very point blank. So you would, King George was talked about as a tyrant in the Declaration of Independence, and she starts whining that she doesn't have history books, books in front of her and doesn't, she can't answer the question. From your studies, the Declaration of... Uh, also, I love that first line. From your studies, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> from your studies, the Declaration of uh, Independence refers to King George as tyrant, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it may say that somewhere in the history books. I don't have the history books in front of me, and I don't know which one you're referring to. But Well, I'm referring to the Declaration of Independence. That's the one that says that King George was a tyrant, unfit to be a ruler of a free people. Are you quoting the declaration? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, you, you'll accept that from me, won't you? If you're quoting it. Okay. And I mean, she acts like she's an expert about the declaration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, there was a there was a brief moment in the mashup clip that I played where she talked about. The, the, the Declaration of Independence instructs us to to overthrow tyrants. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the larger context for that statement. While she's talking about the communist takeover, it really is just conservative buzzword salad run amok. Because Blue and On, the dangerous media, the Democrat media that is so divisive and would do anything to cause someone like me to be killed or someone like you, Steve, to be killed because of the Democrat lies about us and about January 6th. You see, they're the real problem in the country. And I hope that these independent voters, these people that are starting to wake up, I hope they wake up to these lies because they're telling terrible things about us, things that are not true and things about other Republicans that are not true and innocent people that were at the Capitol on January 6th. But the real truth is the communist revolution that the Democrats funded and waged every single day and every single night in American cities all across our country. You see, that was an attack on innocent American people, whereas January 6th was just a riot at the Capitol. And if you think about what our Declaration of Independence says, it says to overthrow tyrants. So there's a clear difference between January 6th and the Marxist communist revolution that Antifa BLM Democrat ground troops waged on the American people in 2020. What's remarkable about all of these clips and her denial of reality is that she maintains that nothing that she ever says is meant for violence. Right. Nothing. It's not incitement of any other person. She said, quote, all of my words never ever mean anything for violence. And yet, this month, she said, 
that any senator voting to confirm Judge Jackson to the Supreme Court is pro-pedophile, just like she is, just like accusing Judge Jackson of being pro-pedophile. Now, that is something that is going to rile people up. Especially in the QAnon ranks of the Republican Party, she is one of them. And she knows that. Right. If you are not trying to incite violence... The things that you're saying are absolutely going to have that result. And listen, I'm not going to give her the pass, but one might be able to give her a pass and say that, well, she didn't know that it was going to incite violence. But now we know after January 6th, we know absolutely that the election was stolen. They're attacking our country. They're stealing elections. Their democracy is gone. You're not going to have a country anymore. All of this stuff did lead to violence it did incite violence well and there was a funny moment during the questioning where (laughs) she was kind of caught in a lie and didn't want to explicitly i guess express that on the stand and so she had a well wait moment yeah yeah in fact you think that speaker pelosi is a traitor to the country right Uh, you're, I'm not answering that question. It's speculation. It's you, you've, you've said that, haven't you, Ms. Green, that she's a traitor to the country? No, I haven't said that. Okay. Put up Plaintiff's Exhibit 5, please. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> Hold on now. I believe by not upholding the, uh, securing the border, that that violates her oath of office. Fair enough. I'm, I'm not interested in her oath of office. I'm interested in that you said that she's a traitor to our country, right? I object, Your Honor. She is not. This is... I don't say the relevance of that, Mr. Chief. I love the lawyer, by the way. (laughs) He kept objecting, but you, you have to... Give a reason for your objection. Anyway, he's like, oh, come uh, on. Objection, Your Honor. Hearsay. Objection, Your Honor. Blah, blah, blah. Like, what is the foundation upon what your your objection stands? And he never did. He was just like, I I object, Your Honor. You know... (laughs) Back in my day, hubba dubba duh. <laughs> like there was no, it was terrible, yeah. terrible representation. Yeah. Also, throughout, that's all the clips, but there, throughout all of the clips, when you're watching the video, she continually looks to the lawyer like, what should I do here? What yeah. should I say here? How should I act here? Yeah. Getting, and at one point during the hearing, the, the plaintiff's attorney, the, the, against them, he, they came back from break and he's like, lawyer, uh, your honor, he's like, lawyer, <laughs> your honor, I, w- I would ask that you instruct um, opposing counsel to not meet with their client in between breaks, coaching her mm. because that's what they were doing. They were like, okay, here, going forward, here's what you got to do. They're, they're, they're just coaching her. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I'm going to make a prediction here, I guess. I don't think anything's going to happen here. Uh, I didn't. Shocking. I, Why would you think that? Well, I didn't get a vibe that the judge was uh, like o- overtly Trumpy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I think he's gonna some some reasoning is going to be given why it's not appropriate to remove her from the ballot. And it'll be something like democracy is a sacred and important thing. And, and the, the reasoning here didn't reach the bar high enough that it needs to be to remove a candidate from a, from a, from a ballot. We should allow the people to decide whether they want to elect her. I think it'll be something like that. And for the love of God, please people do not decide 
to elect her. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is... For the love of God, please. It is dumb, dumb hour. I actually do have one last clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene that I think you're really going to like, Brittany. She's not a Christian! (laughs) (laughs) I knew. I knew that one. I knew it was on the way. We'd love to know what you think about this. If you watched the hearing, um, what were your takeaways? If there are other clips that you, you thought were, uh, or other moments in, in, the, in the hearing, uh, we'd love to hear about them. Uh, 657-464-7609. You can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. It is remarkable to me the, the level of stupid in the Republican Party. Look, People are people, and people say stupid stuff, and and usually it's an isolated moment. Maybe they didn't get enough sleep the night before, or whatever. Shit, I fuck. I'm I'm immune. I'm not immune from that. See right there. I'm a dumb dumb. But the the pace at which stupid is spewed out of the mouths of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and Mo Brooks and Lori uh, Louis Gohmert. And Andy Biggs and the rest of these people, the, the 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 Paul Gosars, it is, it's a breakneck pace of dum dums. It's crazy. And this is who is leading the country. They are being elected time after time after time, because people look to these people for leadership mm-hmm. and inspiration. They believe insanity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it is no good. Not the most positive note to leave on. Well, you know, sometimes we fail. <laughs> Listen, we deal with reality on reality's terms here. That's and right. sometimes life isn't all sunshine and butterflies, okay? It's not all sunshine and butterflies. That is the note to leave on. We love you guys. We'd appreciate your support. Consider supporting us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. Pick your tier. You could do a, a, a monthly donation. You can also do now uh, with a 10% discount, a yearly donation. How, how would you sell it, Brittany? Uh, eh. Exactly like that. It's okay. I thought that was fine. Anyway, it does help keep the lights on. Um, metaphorically speaking, you guys are fantastic. We love you and we will see you next time. For Brittany Page... I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt.